So what's my future? You don't have one. I see you, but you can't see me. Welcome to the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights podcast. This episode is part one covering Halloween Horror Nights 20 from 2010. I am Matt, and joining me as usual are my co Wait, did I say usual already? I did. Are my co host, Karen. Hello. And Quint. Usual. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> Halloween Horror Nights 20. There, this, this is a significant episode for two big reasons. One, the 20th anniversary of the events is a lot there's there's a lot of celebrating there's a couple things that that direct well even the icon itself that's well the, the event itself 20 it's they they acknowledge the 20 years they're celebrating it it's also the very last time that i am sitting here relaying my single experience because after this this is when we finally start getting multiple people that are on the show not mentioning any names, although I think we know what we're talking about, finally have discussions about <laughs> our experience together at this show. So I'm, I'm excited for this year for many reasons. One, it's a very good year. There's some very significant things, some very uh, things worth talking about. Um, and then again, like this is also kind of the end of this particular format. So let's get into it. And Quint, go ahead and give us the details and then we'll start talking about the event. All right, 2010, uh, Halloween Horror Nights 20, 20 Years of Fear. So in the title of the event, it's like you said, they're they're definitely celebrating and, and acknowledging the fact that they've hit a fifth of a century. Uh, the catchphrase this year, a new era of darkness begins. This year, the thing you most have to fear is fear himself. Which I think is getting into the icon, which we've... The icon, the, the real icon of the event is fear. Yes. Um, the location was, again, Universal Studios. Uh, the dates were September 24th, 25th, and 30th. October the 1st, 2nd, 3rd, 7th, 8th, 9th, 10th, 14th, 15th, 16th, 17th, 20th, 21st, 22nd, 23rd, 24th, 27th, 28th, 29th, 30th, and 31st. So no November this year. No. And I forgot to look to see what day that fell on. Obviously, at the very latest, it fell on a Monday. So no need to really look that yeah. up. If people want to know, it's easy enough to find. And it's well, fun I'm to find because when you type in the, the October and the year in Google, usually the first thing that pops up is that year's cover Playboy. I don't know why. Or maybe that's just my Google <laughs> search. That could be just mine. <laughs> And it could have even been like a Tuesday because if it's, they would have kept it open true, for yeah. Halloween, right? Yeah, I think they would have. Yeah, so. exactly. I think Wednesday would be the cutoff day where they'd uh, flip it over to the next week and then extend it into November, like you're talking about. Right. It was a Sunday. Oh, there you go. It was, it was a Sunday. All right. And who's on the cover of Playboy and, that month? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I skipped that. Oh, okay. Uh, all right. So it was open from 6.30 p.m. every night. Uh, on non-peak nights, they closed at midnight. On peak nights, they closed at 2 a.m. 
Um, extended hours on some select nights were 5 p.m. to 2 a.m. Not sure. Do you have any information on that, Matt? No, no, I do not have any specifics on why we got an hour and a half on some nights earlier than the others. Um, and it's not unheard of. And I kind of recall this probably around this, this time. And you and I actually, you know, what's funny. I have a comparison for you specifically, Quint, when we got in early to, to, um, Hollywood Halloween horror nights. Yes. You got in early, but you only got in early to a designated area. Remember we had to go like all the way down the, uh, whatever that escalator to hell is called. It was like, yep. it was like that. It was like, I think it was the houses over by the kids area that you got in first, at least from the one that I experienced. I don't know that it was this, this year. I'm thinking that's uh, I mean, along the we, lines of that. Yeah. We talked about how that works and it's, it's actually really good. It, it funnels a whole bunch of people deep inside the park so that when they let the rest of the people in, it's not everybody crowded in the, at the one place. Yeah. Right. 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 All right, gate admission was uh, $5 more expensive this year, $74.95. We talked about the icon of fear, but really, there was a lot of sidekicks, shall we say, this year. (laughs) Right. Yeah, that Um, went along with the story of fear, which we'll get into here shortly. Yeah, so I'm I'm not going to spoil sport any of the sidekicks here. I think we should probably just start revealing them as we go through fear. Okay. That was a good. That works. That'll work with the story. Looking at the cover art, I hate it. <laughs> Do you really? <laughs> um, well, it's 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 really blurry, and the the one. I mean, they've got three covers this year. They, they've got uh, one which is is the face of fear, and that's the one that looks kind of blurry and mm-hmm. and it's not very defined. Doesn't really make me afraid, except for of bad Photoshop filters. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. I do like the HHNXX uh, sort of metallic, rusted, blood splattered um, logo that they've got going. I think that they did a good job with that. It looks pretty cool. On the next cover, they just have Fear's Mouth, which is pretty hideous. I mean, that's a bad set of teeth. <laughs> but again, that, that filter that they're using is not, not a thing I like that much. On the last cover is... Uh, they don't use that filter on the last cover, but they have a piece of the story that you're going to tell us on fire. Yeah. The cover sequence is interesting. Um, I understand what they're going for. It's like the idea of the icon fear and the event kind of itself is fear revealed. That's like his, his thing in a sense. So I understand why it's like the, the covers don't show him, but the, it's also showing him in a kind of, interesting sequence like the first one and it is the first night it opened is the lantern which we're going to get into his story so that tells a story then it looks like this no i think the second one is his blurry face i think it's his blurry face and then the second or third is his mouth so we that's a very weird sequence if that's the right sequence and if there's not one missing in there which i'm not entirely sure i have to look in my collection but my my point is the lantern makes perfect sense because that is the first yeah. night. It's the first couple of nights. I don't have that makes sense. You don't see fear after that. I don't know why they mess with this image so much because you would have known uh, and it, what he looks like if you're a hardcore Halloween Horror Nights fan. And if you're not, you aren't really following the reveal thing in the first place. So no need to really hide them. It's a very yeah. strange choice in marketing on these covers. I like I agree, and like I said, I I don't like them. I, I think they're, 
I just don't like the, f- the filter that they use. Yeah. I think they could have done the same effect with a better filter. This one just looks, um, I don't know. It looks like, like like you're taking pictures through a bad screen door or something, you know, like it's not a really, doesn't look very professional. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. This is one of those rare years where it wouldn't have bothered me at all that if it was just Halloween Horror Nights 20 on the cover without a picture necessarily. I could go for that too. Yeah. Like you said, the kind of steel slash stone slash blood splattered and the fact that it's a 20 you just kind of want to just highlighting the fact that it's the 20th year i would have been good with that that would have been cool with me yeah all right let's get into the story of fear okay this is we did touch on this in our icons episode like two years ago but time for a refresher and time to catch karen up and maybe a little bit more detail than we went on that so this is (laughs) this one is i i'll tell you right now i got a love-hate relationship with this icon I think he looks great. Most of his story I like, but there is a particular part of it that I'm not a big fan of, which we'll get to and will be no secret nor surprise, I don't think. But let's get started. His arrival, in a sense, to Halloween Horror Nights was 20 years in the making. The icon story reaches out to just about every aspect of Halloween Horror Nights, the entire Halloween Horror Nights world, which is kind of cool and i mean both in the real world and both in the halloween horror nights lore that was created for the event they had him kind of i wouldn't say for the first time because the first appearance of jack the creative team had brought the box in and that's how jack was unleashed but they i wouldn't say they should caretaker not so much Uh, i guess a director was hired to make a movie they've they've dipped their toe in there before but this time it was both worlds flat out and there's a reason why so i'm kind of setting up for something that's coming later and what starts marrying the two together the real world and the the lore world is that it starts off by pairing legendary truth the collective and the art and design team and the part art and design department for universe orlando so we've got this big almost uh, its own well it is its own thing legendary truth that Halloween Horror Nights has created and the real art and design team. And the story starts out with the two of these not working together, but their story is directly impacting each other. And here's what that is. Legendary truth received a set of pictures and they were received together. Seemed to be about the same age, same where uh, they've been handled by uh, together. They could tell they were together, but when you look at them, there was no discernible commonality to them. They couldn't really figure out why these pictures were all together. The investigators at Legendary Truth started to spread the pictures out, began to move them around to look for some reason why these pictures were kept together. Didn't take them too long, but with a little work and a little kind of thinking outside the box, they started to realize that they had a bit of a puzzle in front of them. And the pieces of the puzzle that were coming together were when you would connect certain edges or line up certain pictures, you'd start getting images of symbols together. Well, when they started to make out this symbol or this set of symbols that was exactly at 9 p.m. on August 24th, when they completed this puzzle, the power for the entire art and design building at Universal Orlando just went dead. No storm, no planned maintenance, just power completely out. Just moments after it was completely dark inside that building, this old wrought iron kind of vine patterned lantern that the art and design team had had since forever since Halloween Horror Nights started since the very first event since Fright Nights it just lit up with this eerie burst of kind of yellow flame with orange tips to it 
that flame itself is, or I should say, that flame was fear himself being released from the cage that was in this lantern. And the key was this puzzle that Legendary Truth had put together miles and miles away from their design department. <laughs> I was waiting to see if there'd be any reaction. I didn't think Karen's would just be, huh. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I remember this from the, right. the last gotcha. time we talked about it. Okay. So. so this is it's interesting folklore. Yep. This is now. This is just the beginning of fear rematerializing or reappearing. So he, at first, he's just a, he's a disembodied entity. At this point, he slowly great gains strength and starts to build towards a corporeal form. But but his first initial release is is not that. The way he started to lay the groundwork for his eventual fully realized reveal and takeover of Halloween Horror Nights was by floating through the air as a spirit and just kind of inhabiting uh, bits and pieces in the art and design department that he could, starting with a security camera. It was a security camera that was closest to the lantern at his release. He went into it and he managed to put a recording, an audio recording, on one of the security tracks of the filming that was going on as soon as the power came back on. The people that looked at this uh, recording and heard the audio, it, it didn't make any sense it was just a noise but since this involved the art and design team they got a hold of the recording to kind of see what was going on why this lantern was lit by, by the time the and the, by or why this lantern lit when the power went out and why it kind of went out once the power came back on so the art and design team being a little more creative than the security team just for to see what would happen they played the recording in reverse and when they did they clearly heard a message that said 19 years 19 cycles what has been decades for some has been eons for me on the 20th cycle i shall be revealed and then that was the end of the order of this this mysterious audio recording on the security footage so it wasn't a recipe for black bean soup i'm really i'm really digging my memories for what reference that is <laughs> it's for a Beatles album. What? It's from a, for a Beatles album. Really? Yeah. Which song? It's from The Simpsons too. If you uh, play well, one I of their albums, it has something to do with The Simpsons. Reverse, Paul McCartney reveals a recipe for. It wasn't black bean soup. I forget what soup it is. Where was it in The Simpsons? When did they bring that up in The Simpsons? Uh, the episode with Paul McCartney and his wife when uh, Lisa decides oh, to go vegetarian. Oh yes, yes. Okay, now I know. Now, see, now it's funny. Now it's funny. I don't know exactly what you're talking about. Wasn't so much. No, it was before. fucking funny even if I didn't know what you were talking about. It actually might be funny if you just said, I don't know. I just wanted to say it. <laughs> yeah. I'm liking this story. I really am liking this yeah. story. Yeah. No, it's just, a it's it's a good idea. It's a great idea. We're actually yeah, well, with that, let, let me let me sit and say I'm on board with the story so far. I like this idea. Here's where I am not a fan. I don't hate it because they've kind of like realized maybe it wasn't the way to go and have just abandoned that canon. But this is what it was at 20. And this is, I wouldn't say upset me or even maybe mad. It's just like, Oh, I don't like that. But here we go. Over the next couple of weeks, fear began to strengthen and images would start to flash during video clip video clips that were released for Halloween horror nights, including I'm sure on their website back to no on their website. One new video in particular featured, uh, sorry, one new video in particular featured the voice of fear himself. He finally was heard low gravelly, 
Um, terrifying. Actually, it's the third icon voice in our opening. So if you've never heard it before, that is the, fo- the voice of fear. When he was talking, he was alluding to the, I guess, fact at this point in this story that he was the ruling force behind the past 19 years through his pawns at Halloween Horror Nights. And his pawns, who have been setting up his way for his arrival, were Chaos a.k.a. Jack the Clown, Death, a.k.a. The Caretaker, Sacrifice, or as we know, the director, Legend, the Storyteller, and then finally Vengeance, who was the usher. I, as much as I I dig the story element of it, I didn't like that when I first heard it. I don't like it. it, To me, it just kind of, it feels like it cheapens the rest of the icons. Yeah. Right, that's why I didn't like it. You 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 hit the yeah. nail on the head. What what I what didn't sit right with me when I first heard this. Yeah, I mean, and and I, I mean, I I get what they're trying to I, do. Like yep. this, it's a really cool story, and it's a really cool way to roll this all up into like one mega event. But it also kind of really just cheapens everything they've done in the past. To me. It it does. I mean, I really like that each of these characters i mean they they had extensive backstories really at this point jack the clown was was the biggest one but everyone else had one too we've talked about them character had his own episode uh i'm sure director everyone could except maybe the storyteller because she's one that they're still retconning to this day because they didn't create her originally (laughs) yeah i i don't like that it's like um yeah they have their backstory and they're cool and all but guess what i've been planning this for 19 years i was like but jack's story goes back 50 years (laughs) it's like yeah i don't like that like (laughs) this guy's been planning this shit for 20 years then uh yeah it's yeah there's there's some holes there yep yep but again like i said it's not like they they talk about that today 25 brought jack back i wouldn't say they ignored 20 they just didn't they didn't actively ignore 20 it's just like they just kept, continued with the original jack so that's good they didn't make this story decide now that we've written it and lore it has to last on forever it's just it was what it was and we moved on so I, it's easier to tell the story knowing that this doesn't affect things i like coming up in the future right and especially you know with with 25 behind us and knowing where that we got Jack and Andy back and that their backstory goes back a whole lot further than even we thought yeah, and right, all that yeah. stuff. Yep. Like it's, 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 I mean, it's fine. Right. It was, yeah. It's it fine. was just like yep. when I first heard the story on, on that, the icon episode, I was just kind of like, Ugh, wow. Yep. Yeah. So now we're getting closer to fear. Uh, he's getting stronger, I guess is a better way to say it. He's starting to, he's, he's, Managed to send messages through these certain channels. Now he's to the point where he can actually possess a person. And that happens on September 16th. There was a production series for Halloween Horror Nights 20 called Diaries. A play on Diaries, which was, Ooh. I always love stuff like that. And this particular one was the video invitation that was posted and distributed to the media outlets. The host... It was Heather Summers. She offered the invitation and was beginning to show off some of the hallowed past house, which which we'll obviously talk about. That is the anniversary house of this year. She was literally in mid-sentence explaining the design process startup, and she froze. And she started, she began to thrash, scream, twist, do like that, uh, kind of like the, the ring, 
the 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 uh, character in the ring it escapes my name, but how it kind of jumps through almost time right in front of your face, like the right. position. When when she came back to what you would call normal uh, motion, she her eyes were darkened, her teeth were yellowed, and she gave this completely dead eye stare into the camera. And she spoke in the low, gravelly voice, which is the voice of fear, saying, "I am fear. I am inside all of you. I and I demand more. I crave your absolute horror, and I shall have it. These Halloween horror nights are mine." You are now mine. You shall face me. You shall bear my mark. And then the video does another time jump of Heather still possessed, holding a glowing red smoldering double X branding iron. Branding irons are always good. <laughs> They're scary. That's like, that is like the worst. Like, I, I can't think, I mean, obviously you don't want to get shot, stabbed or anything else, but getting burned by something that hot, because yeah. it's not going to be enough to necessarily knock you out or incapacitate you and you'll just be writhing in pain until until you get either any kind of medical attention or the pain goes away that's got to be the worst way to be attacked is with like a a, a red hot branding iron and i've really thought about it apparently claw hammer still does it for me yeah well now i'm not gonna sleep again tonight thanks (laughs) (laughs) so okay before the event uh, open there was one more important video that had posted and this is where the heralds that's that was the actual name it, it, i'm glad that was that was one thing i actually did like in this is like you called them pawns that's probably that was 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 strike one that they're called pawns and then they changed it to word heralds it's like okay i like that better this is the change and it's better from, yeah they went from pawns to heralds heralds are speaking for fear it was it was one of those it was a very good video where they were kind of fading in and over each other and the voice was fading in and over you heard jack the voice that we've known of jack since the year 2000 it would kind of morph into the fears voice same with the caretaker director storyteller and i almost i don't know why i almost said lady luck she's not till next year it just popped into my head right <laughs> um who's the other one the usher that was weird um so that another cool introduction video so finally, on September 24th, the night of the event, the icons confirmed their service to Fear as his heralds, and Fear was finally revealed on a big screen and then himself revealed in the flesh, in a sense, at Halloween Horror Nights 20 that began. And that video that I'm talking about was the opening ceremony. It was a video at the gate that opened the, opened the event. So that is the introduction of Fear's story. Now the actual introduction, finally, when you get to see him in the flesh, this is what it looks like. Up until this video, except for one exception, which I'll get to, this video, we've never even seen what Fear looked like. This was his first reveal. It was like a passing glance reveal. It was almost like a light shifting past his face, kind of like the the Chance video last year where it passed by her face. You mm. saw the mm. Harlequin Chance and yeah. it passed by again. You saw her Psycho Chance. That's That was the reveal of fear until you saw him in the event. Okay, I will say, as much as I'm walking into the event and already not liking Fear's story, he was a stilt walker character. So already when I saw him down the street, clearly a stilt walker character, I'm like, okay, he's already got points. That's pretty cool. Yeah. His lips were worn away, revealing his teeth, which is the one cover we described, and also the look of 
every damn walker in a walking dead, unfortunately, at this point. So not as cool as it used to be. (laughs) Eyeless sockets. Obviously, some kind of mask. It is probably some kind of scrim because it's a stilt walker. You cannot blind a stilt walker. But yet, if you looked into his eyes, you saw nothing. That mask, that, that particular part of the mask had to go through. I can't imagine what kind of research and design it had to go through to, to pull that off. And they pulled it off. It was awesome. He had these like just protruding veins growing like from his, from his features, from his eye stalks, from his cheeks, um, like almost like vines. And that, that was, I think a design element because the lantern that we had talked about, I said, had a vine design. So I think this was to match his cage of the lantern. He, his head was kind of, like i don't know what to compare it to oh you can see this is so easy to find pictures we're at the point in this history now it's so easy to find pictures but it almost kind of like melted up to like a crown of flesh but without having it it almost like he was leader of these halloween horror nights heralds like the king of them without putting him on a crown it kind of gave that sense rather than actually giving him a crown he had his his skin was it was uh, on the flesh tone side but with like a little more red i think but not devil red just a tinge more red onto that on his back he had these black bones that were growing out that had more flesh more of a flesh colored wing hanging from them didn't really get the sense that they were working wings just something to kind of flank his shoulder to increase his size and the fact that they gave it made it bone and then painted it black was a really really neat design element i thought i was just gonna say i'll give you this like the the character is fucking amazingly created it is yeah yeah mm-hmm. and then that was just i was just mainly the head in the back on the front he's got this double x scar on the right side of his chest which much looks looks much like the branding iron we saw in the video um one really uh, i guess good element with his stories that he had these little totems of each of his heralds on his belt and kind of cool that the, um, they were recreated as a, well, it's more than a souvenir. It's a collector's item. I guess a collector's piece, an artistic collect- collect- collector's piece. There's only X amount made of those five totems sold at Halloween Horror Nights 25. So those showed up again because they are pretty cool looking, although I don't like the why they're there for the story. They were attached on like this this slat of leather that was kind of hanging from his belt. Um, he had uh, his hands were, were kind of clawed in the sense that they had the, the, the either the long nails or the claws or a cross in between growing out of them with the same veins along his hands and up his arms. And then he had these um, this other cool thing to his costume or character i don't know what you would call them there were five uh females in very form-fitting black dresses and their dresses were so long that they would look like they were kind of flowing from his um his uh lower part his his kilt slash pants slash skirt that he had but they could they were walking around freely so it was like a thing where they would i kind of walk up and kind of not tuck but just lay the 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 lengths of their cloth around him so it looked like they were kind of like spirits hanging off of him but they were also their own characters who would come and go he did have a at the character change when the a and b characters would come out there was a pre-recorded thing where he would 
kind of recap what I said, but in, in two minutes or less and the, the character would lip sync it. So that is when they were around like, and they would kind of flow and they'd be like this black offshoot of his, of his outfit. And then when he was done, they'd, they'd go out and do their character thing. Fantastic design. I mean, that is no, yeah. no, no uh, question there. As far as the story goes, at the end of the event, once the event was over, he dematerialized, went back into the lantern, and the art and creative team extinguished it, and then Fear is now trapped again, presumably still there. That is the story. The only other thing I wanted to add was that this is another year where website is a big deal to the event, and there was a game, and this is still online at... Well, I'll put the link in the notes because I don't want to say the wrong place and have you all day at the wrong site. But you can still play this game. It's called the Halloween Horror Nights Warehouse Experience. And if you complete the game, it's kind of like a ghost hunting game, like a like a, a puzzle-ish type thing. If you complete it, your reward was that three-minute introduction that you saw that was the opening ceremony, but you got to see it early, like before the event, depending on how fast you finish this game. So there was a bit of a reward and a bit of a preview to fear for the Halloween Hard Nights community that spent the time searching the site and playing this game. That's pretty cool. I've been liking that, that more and more of their online presence as the years came by and they've just, they've been playing with it and doing different things. And it's been, it's been really cool. Yeah, I agree. That is fear. Nice. So, um, you mentioned to me that, uh, Cindy and Eddie were part of this. Where did they fall into the story? They're not in the story, but they are in his scare zone. Oh, okay. And um, Cindy actually has, this is kind of like her, her uh, finally showcasing her. Cause not only is she in the scare zone, but we're probably not going to cover it this episode, but she also has, her house and it's not one of those things where you connect the dots and say that's cindy's house cindy has a house this year finally nice all right so that i guess moves us into scare zones do you want to do you want to do the the event ones first yeah, or last say the uh it might be best to go right into that one first i think so since we're the story's fresh on our on our minds right now let's hear about the the first scare zone the hhn 20 years of fear so this is the, well, it's a, it's a 20 year. I was open the show saying there was some celebration for the 20 years here. And this is, this is it. This is the, the, it's not only we're used to not used to, but we've experienced an icon scare zone. This is actually, this takes it a little further. The, the entrance to this was brilliant. It is a brick building facade. Nothing special about it bricks up down across it might have had an arch top and you had a keystone but the big thing about this facade is that the front of it there was a sign it said universal orlando prop warehouse okay so you walked in <laughs> and, and it really just before you even walked in you were greeted by two still walkers and they're from the there were characters from the islands of the adventures day there was one from the fireside of the ice and fire war scares and we talked about and then one from the port of evil uh, and I think that's what I recognized him from. I could be wrong, but it was, it was, a st- it was um, if it wasn't that, then he may have been part of the Terra Queen uh, show in the beginning by how he's dressed, um, but was, which was in the Port of Evil. That would actually make sense. That's where the show was. So from there, you went into the warehouse. I'm doing in air quotes. And this had all kinds of mini sets uh, n- rebuilt. The uh, best I can describe them, they're, they're, 
not to the not to the extent of the icon sets that we're going to get to, but they're like little mini sets created from the past. It was almost this was almost like an open air maze for the event. Uh, there were struts across the road. It had all kinds of signage from different houses from the past year. Just this was like like it was a showcase for the past twenty years. And the very first thing that you would have seen. On your right hand side was the Crypt Keeper from way, way, way back when. Oh, shit. He was sitting in a director's chair, um, and there was some pr- some props pulled from the warehouse to go along with the director theme. And it was a it was just it was a completely I don't know what you would call it, but it was a mask that had absolutely no features on it. It's like the, it you you just put it on your head. You couldn't move the mouth. You couldn't see the person's eyes. Right. The character used that to their advantage because he would sit very awkwardly, so it looked like a dummy, and someone would come over to get their picture, and he'd leap out of the chair. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Across from him, which I loved, even though it wasn't that old, but I loved seeing it, was the reimagined Frankenstein from Halloween Horror Nights 19. That's cool. That was that was pretty cool. You had some orc creatures from, I'm not even sure what. Um, you had some Shady Brook Mad Men. And Alice from the Asylum, uh, the Asylum in Wonderland Scare Zone, because we hadn't gotten to that house yet. Uh, the Stillwalker Tree, we talked about just a few episodes, like the pre-Groot Stillwalker Tree. This is before Groot was 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 uh, ca- ca- being cosplayed. Uh, the Pumpkin-Headed Guy. How can you have a Halloween Hard Nights without the Pumpkin-Headed Guy? This is where he was this year. You had some of the Chainsaw Drill Team. No unifying theme for this drill team because they use themes from the past. So you had like very few, like two, three, they come and go. Chainsaw drill team will appear later. You had a Chucky, the the dismantled Chucky, the reassembled bride of Chucky, Chucky. Cheerleaders, sol- Roman soldiers, U.S. soldiers. This is one of those scare zones that you very likely walk through each weekend and saw like a good three or four, maybe even a half dozen different characters you hadn't seen the, the last time you were there. This just was okay. So they're mixing a match and I'm like, yeah, crazy. this is just such a, a rich, a rich history of the, obviously for them to pull from. So now after you got through the warehouse at the end of, uh, I guess would be the other side of this or the end of the warehouse, whatever you caught were two big iron X lanterns with that vine design. It was, the, it was the 20, lantern obviously and it, it was the, when you went through at night you had that yellow orange glow during the day not not so much this is one of those scare zones worth going through day or night but night a little more so for this particular effect and this is where you transition from halloween hard nights history to fear but you got some history because now you've gotten the now you're interacting with the icons this was the line this is like you had other character now you cross the line you're interacting with icons and this had it didn't just have the icons from the story it had the director it had Jack. It had Chance. We're talking 17 Chance. So we, we haven't even gotten to 25. They even brought her back, the one from 17. Storyteller, Usher, Caretaker. This is where Cindy and Eddie were. Great Cindy and Eddie. Same, uh, relatively same Cindy dress. I'm sure they have to re uh, sew it, maybe redesign it. But the dress that we now see Cindy and that we saw her in 25 and when we see Cindy from here on out as a character, something different coming later in the show or in the series. But the Cindy, Cindy and Eddie, that's important that they're they're now included. They're they're pa- they're drawn past that line. They're in the icon line, even though they didn't get to be icons. They're icons because everyone knows that knows knows their icons. Um, there's a couple small stages for the major icons. These, what was strange about these, as opposed to what we're used to collectively, 
us being us three, these were directly on the ground. There was no stage. So this was like, you could, you could walk in when they, they weren't, they didn't have shows like they had in 25. So when they had, the characters would go in and do something and then they'd come out. So you could go in and get your picture taken in these sets. And the sets that they had was Jack, uh, Jack's fortune teller tent from the carnival of carnage camp marketing campaign. The storyteller had a reading nook uh, that was very much like her original maze appearance. That was shoehorned in for her, her maze again, in air quotes, Usher, he had a ticket booth. Um, and the, he had, he actually kind of had two sets. He had the ticket booth. Uh, then he had a movie, uh, theater set with a, had a screen behind it that had, um, all kinds of, uh, old movie trailers, clips playing on it. And then seats on the other side, there's a dead body in one seat that the, uh, depending on who the particular usher character was that night would, would fuck with. And it was, you know, you could hit a dummy as hard as you want with a flashlight. It's not going to hurt him. So sometimes it got fun. Sometimes it got a little creepy. <laughs> and that leads into the next scare zone. I'm going to go ahead and jump ahead because it is, yeah. th- these are two, but it's, but they, they go hand in hand because you are now, even though there's a space on the map, there's really no space in this when you were walking in, you were into fear revealed. And this is where the character feel, uh, fear lived. And the, the backdrop basically for this, scare zone was a huge double x for the 20 that was either brush steel or granite i'm not quite sure what it was supposed to be because it actually looked like granite in the day brush steel at night with the lighting and the cross areas of the x uh these are the same the shape of the x was the same shape from the lanterns the cross x had fire burst just randomly shooting off it it was when i say it was huge it was huge it was taller than the character and it had to be obviously this was a huge prop or 20. This is what you wanted to see. I wanted to see a lot of this actually in 20. This is about all you got as far as a big spotlight on 20 in the streets, but it was a damn good one. So I'm not really going to complain about that. Um, between the X's is where fear typically stood still walking character that we just described in the five max masked women. Now the mass on the women look very strange in the daytime. You don't quite understand what's up with them because you can't discern what the shape is. That's because they were mainly designed for a night uh, feature because they lit up. They were just this almost not blinding, but this very bright white light was engulfed the mask. These were a set of characters that this doesn't always happen, but when it does that are very specifically designed for night and much better to see at night. If you saw them during the day, you'd be like, what the fuck was that? You see them at night, you will remember them way better than you're going to in the day. That makes sense. I, I'm, I'm just looking at pictures of them, and and yeah, they are kind of weird in the daytime. Yeah, yep. And really, that was that's that is the zone of uh, fear revealed. But this is also where the the uh, icons mostly hung out when they weren't at their their sets, which they weren't at much. They were in uh, the fear scare zone. So this the fear scare zone, sort of small, but I also don't think it's necessarily a separate scare zone. I think it's twenty, but it I mean it's part of the. Uh, 20 years of fear. So I, I, I really, instead of looking at them as two small scare zones, I remember it as one really big scare zone. Right. Yeah. And that's huge. Cause that takes uh like they, that takes all of like the Rodeo drive area where the Terminator ride is mm-hmm. right all the way into where, um, that, that triangle square by Mel's Mel's diner. Right. Well, the Mel's, the Mel's driving, I mean, picture the, um, 
stage not being there and none of the fences for the stage. That's a lot of property, a real estate, whatever you want to call it, for a scare zone. That's what I was getting at. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. It's a triangular square. Uh, you know, that just opens everything up there. So, yeah. yeah, there's a ton of space. Yeah. Cool, cool celebration of 20. The warehouse was a, just a brilliant idea. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. It was, like I said, I mean, it, was, it wasn't it was as tight and as scary as a as a house but it, or a maze, but it, it kind of made was, me think. But it wasn't, it. it sounds more like this was like a, meant to be a spectacle, not necessarily a, a scare zone, like a, like a you know, uh, chainsaws scare zone yep. sort of thing it was more just like this giant spectacle of of halloween horror nights and, and it's past yeah yeah no and that's 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 right and that's what it did it was cool it was cool it's, it's what you wanted for 20 i wanted more on top of this and we did get a maze but 20 25 right. <laughs> 25 <laughs> scratch that itch that i had for five years but we'll get to that <laughs> in another 15 episodes all right zombie gras Okay, yeah, zombie girl. This was <laughs> this is one of those ones where I'll just say it's zombies. It's Mardi Gras. Yeah. Where on earth do you want me to go from there? <laughs> because it's like, right. Was it pulled off as well as Vamp Fifty Five? Actually, yeah. And there's now you mentioned it. I didn't really realize that that is what it reminded me of putting the notes together. It was kind of that. Um, and I and I know why now. Now that you say that, it was because the main feature was a float that crashed into a building. That's what made okay, me think. Right, of it. Yeah. yeah, this is this is actually this is kind of important. And I want you to, as best you can, remember this as we're continuing covering this entire year into the next episodes. This had a story. There's there's it was about a Mardi Gras parade. It went off course and it crashed into a power station, a, a building sized power station. That's what they had built up around it. And it killed everybody, and then they came back to life as zombies. That's the important part of the story. Also, for the scare zone and for something later, I'm not going to give it away. So the characters, they were the Mardi Gras performers on that float and the parade that got injured. So they had great, this is just so freaking colorful and cool because it was all the Mardi Gras colors. Gold, purple, green. Uh, but it was torn up and bloodied, and the, the makeup on t- on their faces and arms and, and the parts you could see of them was fantastic. The costumes were so damn good that I almost want to theorize with absolutely no knowledge whatsoever that Mardi Gr- the Mardi Gras event that Halloween Horror Nights has was do a recostuming the following year, and this is how they said farewell to their previous <laughs> costumes. That would not surprise me because they bloodied and tore them up, but they were tore them up and they were still really like good costumes. I'm like, I, 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 it wouldn't surprise me to find out either that that was, that was the, uh, the case. So were there, were there any still walking zombies? No, (laughs) not that I remember. It wouldn't surprise me though. So, but I mean the purple, yellow and green lights on top of all that, that I just love that color scheme. They actually kind of used a lot of that color scheme in, um, the uh, Dead Men's Wharf last year. I just don't know what it is about that color scheme that, that I really find uh, uh, pleasing. I like that appearance. But the, so throw that on top of something in Halloween Horror Nights. I love it. And the float. There was a float. Uh, it wasn't just a like a prop. It was it was a float. It was the one with the um, with the like the 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 griffin on the front and the Greek columns and the kind of the Egyptian symbols. It was almost like the myth- mythological one that you and I have seen, Quinn. It's an older version, but I think it was the one pulled out for Mardi Gras. Or may- again, maybe there's a rebudgeting, and this is how they they said goodbye to it. So yeah. it was a float, and it being a float, 
naturally, there was a couple zombies on there throwing out beads to the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> of course there was. Yep. <laughs> Uh, nice. So along with that, there's a little bit. There's well, a little bit. There was fog. It's a scare zone, but there's some fire plumes, and we're not talking like just little jets. They, there's there's something near the power station that would shoot off a big plume of fire every couple minutes. Uh, they had the lamppost decorations for the for the Mar- Mardi Gras and the Florida Lee light gels. It was like it's like they they just pulled together their Mardi Gras stuff and said, "What would Mardi Gras look like with Halloween Horror Nights?" And it was awesome. That sounds pretty damn cool for sure. Yep. All right, I'm going to skip four because it's saving that one for last. Yeah, I figured let's that would go. be last, yeah. Yeah, let's go to the Coven. Uh, this is actually one of my favorite areas for a scare zone. I guess they call it 8th Ave. Um, they don't use it in modern right now, at least, but they used it in 21 and 22, I think, and I really, really like this area because it's tight and they can they can put blockades in place and it it gets really creepy and the best part i think is that there's not a lot of of normal lighting in this area so it gets dark so the coven as americans say the coven as canadians say okay coven (laughs) coven (laughs) fuck this was okay so this was this was you said there's not a lot of lighting there that's funny that you say that because without even telling you what the description is my very first two words are very dark followed by very foggy this is like this is this was built like this was picked this area was picked very uh specifically i think because you got the sense that you stumbled into something you weren't supposed to find like it was deeply hidden in the woods that's that's the sense you got when you walked in there it's like it's almost like abrupt it's like you kind of transitioned into it and you're walking in the dark and you walk through some fog and then all of a sudden you're you're in here very cool, cool. and unsettling effect to this scare zone and the first thing you walk by are some wooden slats that are piled up vertical, uh, vertically surrounding this huge like red glow. It's it's a fire illusion, but that's what gives you the idea that like this. And it's not like it's it's structured. It's it's they're they're thrown together. You walked across a big bonfire after just wandering around in the dark, and from there you've got just this is one of the things that I always compliment scare zones and it works for scare zones, especially for Halloween Horror Nights. Lots of strategically placed trees in this case not only to hide characters but to hide spotlights so you've got some fantastic shadows that really creepify this zone out with what little lighting there is and lighting they, they placed up you've got some on top of that there are some more tall wooden planks uh that are like just these these shack half shack structures not necessarily identify what they are because once you stare at them a character is jumping out at you uh from there there's a uh kind of a uh like a halfway point in this there's a strobe light it wasn't constant it just kind of flashed for a few seconds and it was behind a lot of these kind of makeshift structures and that's where a lot of characters turned in and out from now to talk about the characters which i hadn't yet because i was so impressed of the idea of just wandering into this it was a, a witch's coven and it wasn't just like a set of witches it wasn't like a a particular group of witches it was historic witches you had young women you had ornate uh almost like evil queen looking witches then you also had the old hag witches it was just every kind of witches which that's ever been portrayed in a movie or tv series or in pop culture had come across had met in this coven and they were tormenting the colloquials which were dressed as pilgrims so it was kind of a reverse salem witch hunt, witch hunt but instead of being in the city was deep in the woods 
That sounds pretty cool. It was cool. Great story. Very, very intriguing. Definitely. Um, the the fog and the the obstacles. Like yes. that's that's always I, good, that's yeah. what I remember a lot of with that area when they use it for scare zones. And that's it. Sounds like they just they took advantage of it again this year and, yep. and did it that way. Yep. And very then, cool. Then at the opposite side. Um, to kind of cap off the, the, the coven, the meeting of the witches, there is a big stone monolith structure with like a growing green crystal on top of it. Now, I didn't quite, I didn't recognize it from any, anything, and I've never seen it again. So I don't know if it was one of these things that they built or had and repurposed, or if it was going to kind of start building a, a coven story around, but we don't see this again so i don't i don't know i don't know it just seemed a very specific structure and a very specific color for a crystal to not recognize and not see again but i just wanted to mention that in case it happens we still don't know what's going on with 27 in case it happens to pop up again oh i'm gonna butcher this because my spanish sucks skeletons this is the entrance scare zone. This is the yeah yeah. This is where uh, assuming you walk straight through. This is the entrance. This is like this is this was a um like a black light galore scare zone. This yeah, year. that's kind of what I figured. Yeah, everything was was uh it was a it was the Day of the Dead themed, but but amped up a little bit and obviously celebrating the not just the sugar skulls, but there's a skeleton theme. Like I said, black lights everywhere. There's also colored party like party lights strung across the street, so you kind of like walked into a celebration. I I don't know why I really really like when stuff crosses that street, but I do, but I do. And to kind of set the stage, if you were to walk straight in from the gate, you walked by two huge skeleton statues, and they were painted stark white. So when they caught glimpses of the black light, they were actually kind of like that purple glow with the white. Very cool. Uh, Day of the Dead decorations everywhere. Uh, there was uh, projections of very colorful Day of the Dead inspired shapes and graphics on the walls of the attractions on either side of the street. Now the characters, they were same, taking advantage of the of the atmosphere and the color. So they had pretty much like black suits. Um, the guys, I should say, had black suits, and the women had black dresses. And um, both of them would have like a skeleton rib cage in white on the the torso. The guys on their shirt, the women's on their their corsets or whatever they wore with their particular dress. The pants and the skirts were all decorated in all kinds of day clothes patterns. Uh, on the guys, it was just some kind of a straight horizontal pattern down. Some were vertical hanging. Just really taking advantage of that black light of the party atmosphere. Everyone had either skull makeup on their faces that caught the light or skull mask that caught the light. Uh, you've actually seen these, if you remember. There was a couple of them in the Halloween Horror Nights 25 Icon Scare Zone that year. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. This one had stilt walkers. Same same idea with the... Um, the, the same same the 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 their uh rib the the white bones on their torso and then the the colored day glow stuff on their legs something they've had on this i've not seen that i can recall until i go through my notes again in the in years since are puppeteer characters that's the best i can call them what they would have are large skeletons where their the skeleton's ribcage would actually start at the character's chest and their head would be well over the character's head and they'd have these large rods that could move the skeleton's arms very cool characters 
I've not seen Ooh. these before or since that I can remember. I do remember something vaguely familiar, there, though. There probably was some. I'm just not thinking of it as I saw these because they're probably wildly different from the skeletons. But for a scare zone, very visual. It, this is one that worked both day and night. I mean, night was much better, hands down. But you would have, I think you would have just as much fun going this through the day looking at it. Really, really visually striking scare zone. Now we move to something near and dear to me. <laughs> and it's interesting that the location that they're using for this. Yeah. This is that street that if you don't know about it and if you don't really uh pay attention you'll walk right by it or yeah. you think you won't you're you'll think you're not supposed to go in there to this day i've been going to universal for shit i've been here almost over tw- i've been here over 20 years went to universal the the first weekend i moved here still feel like i am trespassing when i go through this area yeah and this is this exits um in the naserman's area and well i guess to me it exits in the naserman's area it actually, enters yeah, yeah, kind it, of where it's uh mummy ride and that kind of stuff is so okay this one yeah you already took you i'm glad you described the 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 pattern of this scare zone because you, you helped with my notes very well so that's where i start off with this so this so, so the main entrance is on the mummy side and at the main entrance is this well it's saws and steam okay did we even say what name it was yet I don't oh remember. we didn't know it's saws and steam saws yeah. and steam so the idea the story behind this scare zone which is going to be really important when we go into 21 is that a um no fossil fuels in this particular city so they are taking the water out of hue out of people to steam generate this steampunk city so there's no water no fossil fuels to use just the water from the bodies of the people in the city. So the the main entrance, the first thing you see is this huge steampunk design generator, power plant, everything. It's got a big copper, and I mean big copper boiler. It's got pipes, clear glass with the orange filament lights in them, uh, steam rolling out of it. There's gears rolling. There's a fiery glow underneath this entire thing. On one side of the tank, there is a half-globe portal where you see the bodies that are being processed in the copper tank for steam. Um, for like, good measure, there's like this random water spray shooting out of the top of the boiler, which is like either you're thinking it's going to be boiling hot or blood. Either way, it like freaks you out at first. There's It is just extremely elaborate and absolutely gorgeous. And in the midst of this power generator is this iron gated platform where there's a barker encouraging you to give your body to the power of the city. And along with that, there's a citizen who he claims is a volunteer who is clearly not a volunteer. So there's almost (laughs) like this mini show continuing to go luring you inside. That's just the entrance outside the entrance. uh, That's at the entrance itself outside the entrance. There's another set of characters that are, there to entice you because if you don't go in you have to deal with them and it happens to be the chainsaw drill team nice and they are you would have loved this because they are in steampunk garb this year oh my god that would be so awesome yes it was steampunk chainsaw drill team this year and they're outside there chasing you in into saws and steam so once you go in you you go into the city. This is the, that back lot we were talking about where it feels like you're trespassing and they, 
they don't need to do a whole lot of this other than the 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 lighting effects and a few effects they do because it's very it's very brick it's very steel they add in some of the metal for the steampunk the the shiny metal and it it works really well it's like it's almost pre-designed for this they have this the first thing you walk under is this super crude just rat's nest almost but it's not even really it's almost like a, a like an abstract cobweb of crude electrical wiring overhead that has like these flashes of spark all over the place. It's like this thing is going to fall and kill everybody. It's the sense you get from it. <laughs> so you go farther in again. Now you're in, you're into the alleyway. There's rusted metal. There's brick, and they're just they're they're playing with the fog. They're playing with the lights. They've added some wire. They've added wireless cab- cabling from from front to back. So you get that idea that there's power flowing through this whole thing. Some gears here and there. Uh, they had and it, they they had the um, the main addition to this was the characters. There was a kind of performance set right in the middle of a character torturing a man strapped to like one of those leaning not a platform and not a bed it's kind of leaning up like 70 degrees i saw it in chance's house last year and he's he's zapping him with this crude power supply that's being run off the run off the um off the grid that the steam is producing the the characters are steampunk as well the big thing about this and this is something we saw last year in dead man's wharf they were wearing goggles but in the goggles were lights so you'd saw you'd see these tinted lights coming at you and they were the eyes of this character we saw that with the diver his his helmet lit up you saw his his face like the the portal of his face before you saw him this you saw the goggles before you saw them it's unfortunate it's got to be really hot to wear <laughs> yeah it does. it's a lot of leather yeah a lot of leather a lot of um yeah, I just uh, mean like tweet. like electric lights beside. Right, oh, true, in true. Your yeah, goggles, right. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Even LEDs create heat. No matter, you know, it's not as much near as much as incandescent bulbs, but they create heat. Right. Yeah. So you would have. It's unfortunate. Um, you didn't get to see this. You would have loved this. I mean, but you got to see yeah. its successor. But this was this yes. was cool. Yeah, and that's why I left it for last because its <laughs> successor, which is something we'll talk about in the next couple of episodes, is is near and dear yep so that, all right yeah that wraps up the scare zones um i'm going to go quickly through rides and attractions okay. in this episode and then we will probably cut and leave the rest of it yep. for the next episode yeah that'd, that'd be a good place uh, to stop yeah rides and attractions are the simpsons ride men in black alien attack jaws which is still there at the time yeah and revenge <laughs> of the mummy which um of those, only Jaws is gone now. So You're it right, doesn't yeah. look like they had Rip Ride Rocket running. At least not the night that just, this scan was taken. I mean, they, I know they changed yeah, change that from now and again. Yeah, I'm, try, I'm, I'm looking at some other stuff, and I don't see it either. Okay. Oh, no, that's, uh, that's not true. Uh, yes, Rip Ride Rocket was running on some nights. Okay. It is what it is. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, if I remember uh, right, when was it? It was like the, when this thing opened, it was when Rip Rocket opened, it was great, but it didn't take long for it to kind of not be so great. And it would be, they went through a lot of re R and Ding with the wheels in the track. And that might've been around that time. Mm-hmm. So that might be why it was only some nights and not every night. Now it's awesome. Well, now it's R&D. smooth as hell. I love it now. Yeah. They were re R and Ding it for years. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, Gary. I remember the first time I wrote it, I was like, I'm never getting on this thing again. <laughs> right. <laughs> it Although, still has its issues. 
<laughs> I love it, but it breaks down far too often. Uh, just be happy we we were not in that group that got stuck on the way oh up. Gosh. Oh, yeah. Do you, do you you remember watching my wife on that first yeah, one? Yeah, I do. <laughs> yes, I do. First time she took Rip Ride Rocket, that was worth every penny of entrance fee. <laughs> I don't have anything else for this year, no. Karen. No, I don't have anything. Yeah, that's that's I it for scare it. zones. Yeah, we got well more to talk about with houses for sure. Oh, yeah. So yeah, we'll wrap this up. So that is it for this part of twenty. We're going on to at least a part two, which I knew was going to happen. Twenty is a big year. All of them are big years, really. Once we hit Carnival or Carnage, it's it's impossible unless we do a three or four hour episode. Um, but uh, no, we'll go on to part. Who wants to listen to us yeah, for three no, hours. I, I don't. I don't want to do that tonight. But I guess I have to. <laughs> so, yeah. so uh yeah thank you for listening stay tuned for part two to follow next week unless there's uh, it's almost impossible to imagine there's not going to be something worth talking about announced on halloween 20 uh halloween Horror Nights 27 in fact there may be something the day this is released as well so if there is we will do an instant reaction of course and uh anything else there is to talk about 27 uh, but we will. We are going to finish twenty before we even get to the event start and start on twenty one. That is that is for sure. So tune in that week. And if you're just joining this series now, go to neozaz.com to check out all the other episodes and all the other stuff we do. And if, of course, you can subscribe on iTunes and just about every other podcast player there is out there. So we certainly appreciate it if you do. So with that, I will say thank you for listening, and we'll see you in that next episode. Thank you for listening to the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights podcast. The Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights is a Neozaz Internet Entertainment production. For more great podcasts and original entertainment, visit our website at neozaz.com. The Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights is not affiliated with nor endorsed by Universal Studios Florida. All Halloween Horror Nights properties, icons, titles, events, and related items are property, trademark, and copyright, Universal Studios, or their respective trademark and copyright holders. For more Halloween Horror Nights coverage, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast and follow our Twitter account at Neozaz. To help support the series and all the work we do at Neozaz, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Thanks for listening.